I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 519 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I've got a very special guest for you guys today. Dr. Ben Carson joins me on First Class Fatherhood. Dr. Carson is a retired neurosurgeon who became a candidate for the President of the United States back in 2016. He would eventually go on to serve as the 17th United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. But before that, way back in 1984, at the age of 33, Dr. Carson became the youngest chief of pediatric neurosurgery in the United States when he was the director of pediatric neurosurgery at the John Hopkins Children's Center. He would eventually go on to become a professor of neurosurgery, oncology, plastic surgery, and pediatrics at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. He gained worldwide notoriety when he took part in the first ever separation of conjoined twins. He was named by CNN and Time Magazine as one of the nation's 20 foremost physicians and scientists. In 2008, he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian award in the United States. His accolades really just go on and on. I first met Dr. Carson in the East Room of the White House during one of my many visits with press credentials for First Class Fatherhood. I met up with him again in Dallas at CPAC and again in Tampa at Turning Point USA. I was finally able to schedule an interview with Dr. Carson, and I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Dr. Ben Carson will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dr. Carson was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Okay, and if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Dr. Ben Carson, I highly recommend you go back and check out my interviews with Eric Trump and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And I have had one other dad on the podcast here who made a run at the presidency of the United States of America, and that was Senator Bob Kerry out of Nebraska, who happens to also be a Navy SEAL and Medal of Honor recipient. You may want to go check that one out as well. Make sure you guys are following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the other upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit me with a rating or review. It always goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dr. Ben Carson. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from MyPillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the MyPillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands-down product, is the MyPillow mattress topper on our king-size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. 
Joining me now, First Class Father, Dr. Ben Carson. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. All right. Terrific. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, I have three children, uh, 34, 36, and 37. So they wow. all grown and they all have children themselves now. They're, they all got married in 2011. <laughs> wow, very cool. Well, well, bring me back to the beginning, if you could, here uh, to your fatherhood journey. About how old were you then when you first became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I was uh, 31, almost 32 at that time. And uh, I was uh, the senior registrar in neurosurgery uh, at Royal Perth Hospital and Queen Elizabeth II Medical Center in Perth, Western Australia. And uh, it makes you think more about the future when you have children and making sure that you do the things that will improve their future. Yeah, very well said. And what would you consider uh, the top values that you hope to instill in your kids as they were growing up? And how did that play out as they became adults themselves? Well, I wanted them, first of all, to, to have a love for God and a love for their fellow man and to truly care about people. Uh, and we frequently, you know, when we were on vacation in particular, would would see homeless people and we would we would have the children give them food go into the store and buy a bag of food for them and give it to them uh, and just started thinking about what was going on with them the other thing that I did is I always watched television with the kids I didn't let them watch TV by themselves uh, so that we could talk about what was on there because some people try to shield their kids from everything. That doesn't work because you can't shield them forever. So it's better that they see things with you so you have a chance to explain them to them and give them a sense of what your values are. Yeah, I love that, Dr. Carson. It, it has definitely become a lot more trying to do that with the social media, not even social media, just having access to, uh, you know, all these different iPads and iPhones. Uh, it's definitely become more of a challenge to keep an eye and monitor all that stuff. And, and one thing I talk about on my podcast all the time is the fatherless crisis that we have going on in America. We got so many kids growing up without a father or a father figure in their life. And in my opinion, it's the number one social issue that we have going on in the country as the secretary of uh, housing and urban development. What, did, did you see this? Uh, was this a big factor in what you saw in the communities uh, when you had that position? It was a huge factor, unfortunately. And, you know, I tried to, to change things around a little bit because uh, there was a Brookings Institute on Institute study on poverty. It was a huge study. And they concluded at the end that there were a few things that you could do that would reduce your likelihood of living in poverty to two to three percent or less. That was finish high school, get married, wait until you're married to have children, and get a job. We used to know that stuff. Now that's big news. And we had policies also in place that were anti-family formation. For instance, if you were getting housing subsidies and another person came into your household with an income, you had to report that immediately so your rent could go up. So that's not necessarily conducive to family formation. And, uh, you know, particularly in the inner cities, 
you know, 70 plus percent of the of the homes were fatherless homes. So many of those boys were growing up without father's influence and without a real authority figure in their life. And frequently the first authority figure they ran into was police officer or someone in their neighborhood who was better than they are. Either case, it didn't necessarily work out well. And so many ended up in the penal system. And they go in there with little in the way of education, little in the way of skills. When they come out, they still have little in the way of education and skills. So what do they do? The same thing they were doing before that got them in there in the first place. So we have a high recidivism rates. And one of the things that I found to be most useful uh, while we were in office, you know, we began these programs working with employers to actually go into the prisons and to work with some of the inmates there to give them some education and some skills and a job so that when they came out, they went directly to their job rather than back to the same environment that fostered their behavior in the first place. And what a difference it made. Initially, there were five employers in one of the places I went to in Jacksonville, Florida. And now they have 135 employers that go in there because the people have done such a stellar job. They want these people uh, working in their establishments. And it really changes their lives. I had a chance to sit down with uh, several of them. And they were uh, well-spoken and uh, well-dressed and just terrific human beings who have been given the kind of chance that's necessary. And, and that really is why we have families, so that we can provide the foundation and the support so we can put our young people on the right trajectory. And when they don't have that, it puts them at a very distinct disadvantage. Yeah, extremely well said. And it seems to be um, uh, a problem. It almost seems unfixable here, Dr. Carson. Like, hey, there has to be a way. Is the way forward to reverse some of these uh, policies that are in place? Well, what do you think is the best way going forward that we could start strengthening the nuclear families again? Because I think if we could strengthen the nuclear families and bring maybe some God back into focus, I think 90 percent of the problems we have in our country would go away. Oh, there's no question about that. But uh, I met significant resistance on Capitol Hill. Uh, trying to change some of these policies. I I think some of the people in our political class actually want people to be dependent on them. And they're not necessarily happy to get people into self-sufficiency and productive lives. I hate to say that, but I got that very distinct uh, impression from talking to uh, many of them. But I think, you know, this country is of, by, and for the people. And we have to demand better representation and people who actually understand, you know, the kinds of values that allow this to become a great nation. You know, that's what American Cornerstone Institute is about. Faith is one cornerstone. Community is a cornerstone. Liberty is a cornerstone and life. And we build around those principles that allowed us to go from a ragtag bunch of militiamen to the pinnacle of the world in record time. And so much of that has to do with a stable family structure that gives the anchor to those young people as they're growing up, sometimes in rather turbulent situations. 
Uh, yeah, wonderfully said there, Dr. Carson. And then I know, obviously, I heard you speak on it before. I know critical race theory has come to the forefront of conversations now. It's something that's been around for 40 years now. So why all of a sudden now is it come to the forefront here? And what should parents be aware about critical race theory? Uh, well, you're correct. It's been around for a long time, even even more than 40 years, going way back to the Fabians, uh, who wanted to fundamentally change our society and create their utopian society. This they see as their best chance of doing it uh, with the political climate being what it is right now and having the media in their hip pocket. It's sort of the perfect storm for them to really make a major change uh, in America. But in order to make a major change, you have to first create dissatisfaction. So how better to create dissatisfaction than to tell the white people that you're evil and that all your ancestors are evil and created all these problems and tell the minorities that all of those people caused your problems and you're victims and just try to divide everybody up, uh, make it a very unpleasant situation to the point where people say, this has got to change. We, this is not working. We got to do something else. And uh, that's the way that Marxists generally create the kind of environment that lead to revolutionary changes. And the question really will be, are we smart enough? Are we the people smart enough to see what's going on? I see signs of people waking up. And you know, if you look at the, the eight stages of civilization, just before domination and tyranny, you have apathy and dependence. But I think things are happening so quickly that people are actually waking up and that may actually work to our advantage as a nation. I pray to God that you're right, Dr. Carson. And it's not just that it's pitting white against black or Republican against Democrat. It's splitting brother against uh, brother. And it's really dividing our families. And then we see this with vaccinated versus unvaccinated. We're seeing another one of these things that's splitting the family units even further apart. And so I hope that people are starting to wake up to that realization. And let me just let me reel it back into you uh, as a father here. What type of disciplinarian were you as a dad with the kids growing up? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with? Uh, well, you know, I, I've asked my kids about that, and you know, I wasn't much for physical punishment. Uh, you could probably count on, on one hand the number of times I physically punished each of them. Uh, but they told me that they were just so terrified of disappointing me, and uh, <laughs> that worked pretty well uh, to get them to do what they were supposed to do. And, you know, they've all turned out to be, uh, you know, outstanding citizens. None have ever been in any kind of trouble. Uh, and they're doing very well uh, for themselves and for their families. Yeah, awesome stuff. And I know you said that they all got married. I think you said in 2011 they were all married. Now, I'm, my youngest, I have four kids myself. My youngest is my only girl. And I'm all, she's only six. But I'm, I'm not in any hurry to get to that stage where she starts dating and hitting that scene. You've been there with your kids now. What, what kind of advice or how did you kind of handle it when your kids became old enough to start hitting that dating scene? Well, you know, I, I tried to emphasize to them that you got plenty of time. You, you don't have to be in a hurry there. And uh, really, uh, to look for people who share your values uh, because anything else is going to lead to chaos. Uh, don't just go for looks, but go for somebody who is compatible with you, uh, who you actually enjoy spending time with, somebody that you have fun with. And that makes the biggest difference in the world. And that, 
you know, I've been married for 46 years and there's nobody that I enjoy spending more time with than my wife. Yeah, beautiful. And, and and just because obviously the political system is so charged and social media can be very vicious, has has any of like this, Um, and I know especially uh, conservatives get hammered on social media especially, has any of this stuff kind of affected your family where any of your kids came and said, hey, dad, you know, this is getting too much. Has it ever gotten to them where they felt uh, threatened or they felt overwhelmed by all the stuff that's been going on online? Uh, not at all, because uh, you know, they've grown up uh, in our family, we have family worship uh, frequently. We talk about issues, uh, particularly about persecution uh, and about eternity. And against the backdrop of eternity, anything that you suffer in this life is a blip. <laughs> it's hardly even worth thinking about. And that you need to, to live your life for eternity. And that means those godly principles that will allow you to be a good person. Yeah, great stuff. And, and what about for yourself here? What, what kind of, do you have any more political aspirations for yourself in the future? What kind of goals or plans do you have here coming up for yourself? Well, I would hope not to get back into the political arena uh, unless God, you know, pushes me back in there. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but uh, I was planning on retiring, quite frankly, after the election last year. But I quickly realized that the country was moving in a, in a very bad direction. So along with several of the outstanding people at HUD, we, we formed the American Cornerstone Institute uh, to get people to recognize what were the important principles in our lives and to realize that we're not enemies. And uh, through our Little Patriots program to teach the real history of America, warts and all, uh, but to put it into perspective, you know, you take things like critical race theory in a 1619 project, which try to make it seem like America is is specifically evil because of uh, slavery. But the fact of the matter is slavery has been around since there's been human civilization. And there are more slaves today than there were in 1863 when the Emancipation Proclamation was put forth in this country. And we need to be concerned about it. It's an evil institution. But the only thing that really made us unique is that so many people in our country hated the ideal of slavery. And we fought a civil war uh, over that issue and lost a good portion of our population. Um, we need to learn from the things that have happened, not to try to bury them, not to try to rewrite them. And uh, we want our children to be proud of us. And Alexis de Tocqueville probably said it the best when he came to analyze America because the Europeans were so fascinated with how we were doing so well. And uh, he was duly impressed, but he said the thing that really impressed him were our churches, our faith, the messages that came from the pulpit, which encouraged the people and helped them to overcome, you know, the English rule and how to live together and to love your neighbor, not try to cancel your neighbor. And he finally said, America is great because America is good. If America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Yeah. Wow. Really, really awesome, uh, Dr. Carson. And uh, I want to, I want to, last thing I usually ask all the dads on the podcast here, I'd love to hear your advice here. What kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? I would say just remember what it was like for you as a kid growing up, 
what were the things that really made a positive impact in your life and try to create those for your children and what were the things that were negative you know i uh, saw a lot of negativity as i was growing up uh, largely without a father and uh, i purposed in my heart to make sure that i never had my children to go through those things again yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got, I'm got. i going to put the link to the American Quarterstone in the description of today's podcast episode. Dr. Ben Carson, your first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Keep up the great work. We appreciate you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dr. Ben Carson for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the other upcoming guest announcements. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a long time. It took me to schedule this with Dr. Ben Carson. I've been hunting him down for quite a while. I'm honored to have had him on the podcast here. It's amazing still to me. Uh, that I get an opportunity to speak to such amazing dads, amazing men uh, like Dr. Carson. So let me know what you thought about the episode. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.